Welcome everyone to First Baptist Church of Shakota's audio sermon. My name is Jeff Holt. I'm the student pastor here. A couple weeks ago, I got to step into the pulpit for Pastor Steve and preach a message on Mary's incredible faith. It was a great honor to be able to do so. So I want to share this message on the last day of 2019. Tomorrow is a brand new day, brand new year. So I'd like to share this message with you to give you some encouragement. The title of it is The Incredible Faith of a Mother. You like that, don't you? I was, uh, I was, I'll tell you, I was about, it was about, I don't know, seven years ago, uh, I needed a teaching table at one of my youth ministries, and uh, I, they didn't have really anything for me there. They, all the music stands were being used by the choir, and, uh, you know, I was, I was trying to take the, the chance of, of building a uh, chess table for me and Lizzie, but once I messed that part up, I was like, all right, there's my teaching table. So I just stained it over and, you know, got rid of the, the lines on there. So there it is. That's my teaching table for today. Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be at today. Or excuse me, Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to be at today. And uh, are you ready for this? 30 verses is what we're going to look at today. I just saw all of you guys' eyes go, what? So it's okay. We'll get through it. We'll narrate it as we go along. We won't look at them all at once. To kind of save you guys, but guys, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I watch out for this cable. I'll trip over it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I knew that I wanted to teach over Mary today. I knew that I wanted to talk about her faith today, but it was for me personally, as I'm looking at it, it was a bit of a struggle this past week, past two weeks to put this sermon together. Uh, and I knew that God had laid it on my heart to talk about this faith of this incredible young lady. Um, but it has just been a, a crazy week for me in our household. Um, I took on two other jobs for, for us to be able to have Christmas. And, and, you know, and later on we'll have uh, some savings and stuff like that. So taking on this has really kind of prohibited you know, a lot of stuff that I can do here. And, and really kind of focusing on... Uh, being able to preach this past Sunday, it was really kind of tough for me to to jot down some ideas and and really go forward with the message. So pray for me today as I'm preaching this word. I know that God is going to lay out a good word for us to hear, um, but for me it was it was kind of a struggle. I had to, you, uh, ironically, I had to put a lot of faith in God to this week for this sermon to happen. And I really praise God for what he has done because it took me all the way up until this morning to kind of finalize some ideas that I wanted to have. So talking about faith that Mary had really taught me a lot this week when it comes to understanding how I can teach you guys or to preach to you guys this morning when it comes to the idea of faith. Now, the idea of faith is not a, not a new concept, and you've heard the sermon probably a million times over again if you've grown up in church but it's always a great reminder to see the faith in our, our the, the people that live throughout the Bible. And you know, when we look at Mary and we see the faith that she had, we kind of take it for granted that, you know, we think that sometimes Mary was an older girl, you know, and maybe even her 20s or sometimes even 30s. We forget sometimes that she was only about 12 to 14 years old whenever God laid this big challenge on her. And knowing that as what we would call a teenager today, she really had to step out into her faith and to understand that God is in complete control. 
And there's some literature, there's some, uh, some writings in here that will show us what her faith looks like compared to some other characters that are in the Bible and that are in the, uh, the Christmas story, such as Zechariah and the shepherds and, and all of that other, all the other people. But her faith, to me, stands out above the rest when it comes to trusting and relying on God. And so as we see faith, as we see uh, God working in our life, we see the incredible faith of a mother. And for you moms out there, let me brag on all of you moms just for a minute or so. You know, if it wasn't for my mom, I probably wouldn't know what faith looks like. I wouldn't know that it really takes a, a, a kind woman uh, to get up before her children do, to get their clothes ready, you know, from a five to ten years old, to get their clothes ready for them to go to school, to make sure they have breakfast, and to make sure that they have everything they need, and their faithfulness to their children day in and day out. Even when, even when you are sick, you're still a mother, and you still take care of them, and you want to make sure that they are well taken care of beyond their means. You know, whenever a woman gets sick, she still has to perform her motherly duties. When a guy gets sick, man, it's the end of the world. They actually clarify that as the man flu whenever they get sick. We're down and out. If we get a sniffle, we're in bed with football game on our phone, and then we're just done for the rest of the day until we think that we have gotten better. And if it's just a little bit of a hint left the next day, then we're probably going to still stay in bed. But the moms, they... They get up and they're faithful day in and day out to make sure that their kids are well taken care of. So bragging on the moms today. So thank you very much. And as we look at Mary and we see what she has and the kind of faith that she has is truly encouraging to all of us. So let's look at Luke chapter 1 and uh, starting in verse 26. Luke 1, 26 says this, in the, sixth month, uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent, an angel, to, God sent a, an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went out to her, the angel went out to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to the Son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be a great man, or he will be great, and he will be this called the Son of God, the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom, it will never end. And then Mary replies in verse 34, how will this be since I am just a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the Holy One will be, uh, will be born and will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. Then Mary replied, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel of the Lord left. So as we look at Mary's faith throughout this, as we see the angel of the Lord descend upon and come and, and talk to her and, and relay this message that she is going to have a baby. 
and her young age and young tender age, I might add that. And whatever Mary's history may be, it has led up into this point to where God has, has taken favor upon her. And she is looked upon as someone who can carry this task of carrying God's only son. And so whenever she comes up and she hears this news that the angel has said that you're going to carry a son, his name is going to be Jesus, she asks a very important question. She says, how can this be, for I'm still a virgin? You know, when faith happens, whenever we hear that we're going to be taking on a task for God, whenever we know that, that something is going to happen and lead us down a direction, faith always begins with curiosity. Faith always begins with curiosity. And so whenever she's standing right there and she asks, how can this be? I'm still just a virgin. This is not a, a question of doubt. This is not a question of uncertainty. She is just trying to fill in the gaps of saying that this is, I, I, I'm, I'm almost certain this can't, cannot be for I'm still just a virgin. But you know, anything is possible with God. She doesn't ask that question within doubt. She asks that question within curiosity. How can this be, for I'm still just a virgin, she asked. The angel replies, the Lord God, there is nothing impossible for God. He is going to, the Holy Spirit is going to help you conceive this child. Everything from this point on, give it to God and he will take care of the rest. You follow along with the plan. You follow along with the ideas that God has for you and you will succeed. That's what she has to do at this point right here now. But I have to, I have to say this about Mary. Mary's courage is unbelievable at this point. And let me, let me kind of point this out to you, okay? And just, uh, just right before this, we learn about John the Baptist and, and his prediction of about to be born, okay? And Luke chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, it says this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. Zacharias, Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel of the Lord, and fear gripped him. Look at the shepherds just a second later, right after they talked, to, right after Jesus is born. It says, And the angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, stood before them, and they said to the glory, and said, The glory of the Lord has shone around them. And they were terribly, they were, uh, they were terribly frightened. Here's the words I'm looking for. But the fact is, is that whenever the Bible says that Mary, whenever the angel of the Lord stood before her, Fear didn't grip her at the presence of this angel like it did with the priest and with shepherds who, by the way, have to scare away some of the most frightening animals known to man away from their flock. And Zechariah was a priest. He should be expecting miracles like this. And they were greatly feared. They had gripping fear all over them. But when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, she was not afraid until the, Lord, until the angel said, greetings to you. And the Bible says that she was only then afraid of what this greeting may be. It wasn't the sight of the angel. It was the, the fear and the awe of God. 
She knew what God could do, and she wanted to know what this greeting may be. And that is when she only became afraid. Not the sight of the angel which feared a priest and shepherd, but it's the word of the Lord that made her tremble. She had great courage as a 14-year-old girl, outstanding, bold faith in her Lord God. Only at the sight of the, only at the, the hearing of the words, greetings, is that she became afraid. Not because of the, and I was, I was, I was looking at the word afraid and trying to understand, because in the Bible, there's two different types of fear in the Bible. There's the fear that you might get a jump scare whenever you watch a horror movie. And then there's the fear and the awe and the wonder of God. The same type of fear that gripped Moses whenever God spoke to him in the burning bush is the same word used for Mary at this point. It means awe and wonder. She stood in the presence of the word of God, and it's at that point she was amazed. The word of the Lord came to her, and she stood boldly before this angel, unafraid of the, of the sight of it, but in awe of the word of the Lord. But then she asked that question, how can this be? It's only whenever she gets told that this will happen that she says, I am your servant. May the word that you have developed here, may it come true. May it happen in me. I am your servant. You know, she relies on that old faithful saying of in Isaiah 6, whenever he says that I have looked upon them and they said, who shall we send? And he says, here am I, Lord, send me. As a young Jewish lady, she is fully of aware of what the Bible, of what her scriptures says, of what's going to happen. She repeats those same words of, here am I, Lord, send me. I am your faithful servant, may it be so. And then she is aware of the scripture of the Messiah coming, so that he's going to be born of a virgin. So the prophecy is going to be fulfilled, what it says in Isaiah. She knows this wholeheartedly. She knows that this is the plan that God has planned for her. And she stands in awe and wonder of it and boldly proclaims, I am your servant. I am who you need me to be. And so as we look at what faith can do, as it begins to, to play with our curiosity, what is God doing with us? Or how can this be? Fill in this gap for me, Lord. I'm a little confused because this may not happen because of this certain circumstance. It's not because I can't doubt your ability to do this. It's because I'm a little confused that I don't have this ability yet. Please show me the way. God will equip you with what you need if he calls you to go. Amen. So the second point that you could fill in your notes with, is that after curiosity has been fulfilled, after you have had this resolve in your head, faith leaves no room for doubt. In James, it says this, but he must ask in faith without any doubt. You know, I put without, but it's supposed to be without. Without any doubt, for the one who doubts is like a surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Can you imagine if Mary would have had any doubt in this moment of what was going to happen? 
if she had any doubt whatsoever that God is not going to fulfill what it is. If you could back up to what Zechariah happened. You know, he's a priest, and then the angel of the Lord appears to him. And then he says, and the angel of the Lord says, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a son here. And then he says, and, and it's gonna, even in your, your wife in old age is going, to have a, is going to have a son. Nothing is impossible for God. But how does, how does, John, how does Zechariah reply? He replies with this. How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. You see the difference in the questions that they asked, that Mary asked, how can this be? I am a virgin. And he asked, how can I know this for sure? You know, Zechariah is looking for understanding in a test from God. You gotta, you gotta, I'm going to test you, God. How can I know this for certain? How do I know that this is actually going to be? She's well advanced in her years. This is impossible. You know, Zechariah is not looking back in his history of who he came from. And Abraham, whenever his wife, at the age of 90, had a child. And the man was 100 years old. He's not understanding that God, who actually took the son and made it stand still, so Joshua could win a battle. He's not looking at the fact that there was a prophet standing on Mount Carmel and who called upon the name of the Lord and said, come and show who you are, almighty God. Even though I have drenched everything of this altar with water, there's no way fire could ever consume all of this. And what does Elijah do? He kicks back in his recliner, sipping on some lemonade, and he watches God go to work with some lightning bolts, and it consumes everything. God is a mighty big God and Zechariah is confused. He is a priest. The first chance in his life, he gets to go into the temple to burn incense. Mind you, this is a once in an opportunity life, once in an opportunity in his lifetime, probably the only time he will ever do it. And the lot fell on him for him to burn incense at this time. The only time in his life he'll get to do it. And he goes in and he questions God. I need to know for certain. This is a test, God. I'm going to test you. How can I know for sure? But how does Mary ask this question? Not, how do I know for sure, oh Lord, I'm still just a virgin. How can this be for I'm just a virgin? It's not a test. I'm not asking for this, for this test to be confirmed I'm just asking for clarity. It's without any doubt whatsoever that God can be who he is that she asks this question. How can this be for I'm just a virgin? And she knows that within her past that there's that one verse that says the Messiah will be born of a virgin. Just that one time. Zechariah was driven by doubt. Mary's was driven by curiosity. Zechariah was searching for a sign. Mary was searching for clarity. She wanted to understand the point, to understand why God is calling me at this point in time in my life. I'm still just a girl. 
But I know God is a mighty big God and he has proven it time and time again. And whatever history Mary has led up to this point that has given her bold faith, she knows that God can do anything that he says he is going to do. Therefore, she replies, do what you may. I am your servant. But then faith, but then faith does something amazing. Whenever you get your information, whenever your curiosity is, is cleared up, you've gotten that information that God is going to send you, that God is going to give you, God has declared you who you are, and your curiosity is no longer there because it has been filled, faith does something amazing. It gives you peace when reassured. Within faith, you will find peace. Within faith, you will find warmth. Within faith, you will find closure. Within faith, you will find stability. Within faith, you will find understanding and clarity. Within faith, you will understand that whenever God calls you as a 60-year-old to go overseas to be on your first mission, you won't have any doubt whatsoever. You will just go. That you will understand that God has called you to the point that he has equipped you with 59 years of, of knowledge and wisdom. And that your time is now. And whenever he says, oh my child, please go, you will say, I am here, Lord, send me. That whenever this undaunting task is among you, whenever you don't want to face the trials that you have been given in your life, whenever you're in the moment that you, whenever you're in the moment that you are, faith is love to you, and it's warmth, and it's a close friend that you can that you can give a vengeful word to. that God has sent you somebody to talk to, to give you the understanding, to give you godly counsel, to give you godly wisdom. Because faith has not only brought you to this point, but it has also brought them to that point as well. Within that purpose, you are placed perfectly by God. And it's because of your faith. First Corinthians gives us this understanding, and we were talking about this earlier. And Brother Kenneth over here, we were talking about this earlier. What is the greatest of all? It's love. Why isn't faith the greatest of all? Because whenever your faith here on earth is reassured in heaven, whenever you make it into the presence of God, your faith is no longer required. Your faith is here because your faith gives you clarity for the unseen. Your faith gives you knowledge that the one that you cannot see gives you the purpose within your heart and that your spirit is the one that drives you. 
But when you get to heaven and you are no longer facing the trials of this world, that whenever the new world is there, whenever you are in the midst of godly men and women that have faced all of their trials before you, whenever you get to walk up and give Mary a big hug around her neck and say, thank you for bringing Jesus into this world. He is my savior. And the task that he had started with you on this earth. Thank you for that. Thank you for being a part of his plan. Whenever you get to run up to David and you say, you were one of the greatest kings in Israel. Let me shake your hand. Let me love on you. You were one of the greatest. You were a man after God's own heart. I can't wait to meet the prophet Habakkuk. I can't wait to meet that man and ask him why he complained so much. But then he had incredible faith to write Habakkuk chapter 3. That in time of wrath, O God, remember mercy. For I am your servant. Wherever thou need me, I will go with. Your faith will send you up the highest mountain into the deepest sea to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Mary had a plan in that. She was a part of it. And she had great faith in it. Because what happened right after the angel left, just as soon as, she, as soon as that angel left, she left. And where'd she go? To her cousin, or to her relative Elizabeth. Not because of the fact that she doubted the angel to go and celebrate with her. She knew the knowledge that the angel had given her was true, so she wanted to go and celebrate with her relative who was well advanced in her years and now is finally having a child when she previously could not. She goes there to celebrate. And how do we know that she waited to celebrate because of her song? Right after that. Right after. She gets to Elizabeth's. That's when we get her incredible song. Look at it with me. In Luke chapter, two, or Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 6. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done a great things for me, his holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. That word fear is awe and wonder, by the way. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the inmost thoughts. He has brought, me, brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has lifted the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away with empty arms. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering the merciful, to Abraham and all of his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary, did she know? Oh, yeah, she knew. She knew her lineage. She knew her line. And now she remembers what God is doing for her. Her faith is reassured by the fact that God has remembered her in her humble, humble state. But she stands before her, before her God, her King, boldly because of her faith. 
So my challenge to you guys, all of us here, where is your faith today? Because it could be shaken at a moment's notice at a tremble of a rock. You could stumble and fall at the moments of notice. But if your foundation is solid on the rock and the promises of God, the the same one that said that he humbles those who are proudful. He remembers the mercies and the promises of Abraham. Is your faith found in him? Or is it easily tripped over a pebble? So wherever your faith lies, I pray that it's in Jesus Christ, the one who gave it all, the one who gave his life on the cross so that we could have eternal life with him because he loves us the most. May your faith be in him. Thank you again for listening to today's message. Join us again next Sunday as Pastor Steve will return to start a new series with us as he delivers a message from God. For more information and previous sermons, please check out our website at shakotafbc.com or you can download our app. Search in your search engine for church app dash tithely. And from all of us here at First Baptist Church, have a happy and safe new year.